Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll. And we're shaking things up today. We're always shaking things up. We're always keeping you guessing. We got uh, two lunatics from the History Channel show, Kings of Pain. Uh, these guys are great guests. Adam Thorne and Rob Oliva, the caveman. And wait till you hear what these two guys did um, in the seriously crazy reality TV world. It's already nuts as it is. These guys are the, are the kings. Uh, the premise of the series is Adam and Rob get bit and stung by some of the most dangerous animals, reptiles, and insects in the world in order to create a complex pain index. They rate uh, the stings and the, and, and the intensity and the duration, the damage. They'll explain all that coming up. Uh, they both were bit and stung by the same creatures. You'll find out how determined uh, they were, who was decided to go first each time, and why being second wasn't always a good thing. They literally traveled across the world from Bolivia to Bali to Mexico to find some of the craziest and deadliest creatures on the planet. And we break down the experiences today involving uh, Asian centipedes, tarantula hawks, tarantulas, wasps, piranhas, harvester ants, bullet ants, rove beetles, uh, reticulated pythons. So many other things that will make you want to sleep with the lights on tonight and watch what that little creepy thing is under your bed. They share some of the stuff that happened off camera, some things they filmed that didn't make the show, and which bites and stings they're still feeling the effects from today. The whole thing is creepy. These guys are nuts, like I said, and they're great guys. You're going to want to binge watch season one of Kings of Pain after you listen to this. I caught it on Hulu. You're probably going to need a laugh as well to get some of those images out of your head. This is what I suggest. Uh, when you finish this episode, then you, uh, you binge watch Kings of Pain. Yeah, you finish this episode first, then you binge watch Kings of Pain, and then tomorrow night, Thursday, April 1st, you watch the Winnipeggers live on Facebook Live or my YouTube channel. It's the April Fool Improv Invitational. Dave Ribo and I are going live. We're going to do improv comedy for you. Uh, we promise more ridiculous stupidity. So grab a drink and come have a laugh with the Winnipeggers live tomorrow night, April 1st, 8.30 Eastern on my Facebook page and YouTube channel. It's going to be a blast. And of course, if you can't watch it live, you can always watch it after. But if you do watch it live, you can participate uh, in the improv comedy. We'll take suggestions from you, and uh, it's just going to be a blast. All right, get ready to get creeped out and grossed out in the best-slash-worst way possible. It's the Kings of Pain, Adam Thorne and Rob Oliva, starting now on Talk is Jericho. So it's funny. In the world of social media, you get in contact with different people that you normally wouldn't get in contact with. It's one of the cool things about having a pandemic in 2021 is at least there's a lot of communication that wouldn't be there. And Adam Thorne and Rob Avila is here as well. Aliva, sorry, Rob Aliva. How did we get in contact, Adam? Was it through Instagram? Yeah, Instagram. It was, um, yeah, just random message. I'm like... Randomly following each other or something, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I must have commented on something and you, it might have caught your eye. That opened the world of Kings of Pain to me. I, I had never heard of the show. And when you commented wherever we started talking, um, I went back and, and watched it. And this, honestly, is the craziest show I've ever seen. And you two guys, I thought that I was tough and that I was a little bit off my rocker. But you guys are the most off-the-rocker guys I've ever <laughs> met in my life. I mean, what a show this is. And for people who haven't seen it, the concept of the show is that Rob and Adam travel the world to find different insects, animals, and creatures to bite them. And then they rate the bites on, on, on a pain scale. 
So uh, just to jump right in, how did this show ever come to be? And how did you guys uh, have the qualifications to do this? Oh, I don't think you need to be that qualified to get bitten and stung by shit. But <laughs> it was a real weird uh, way I got into it, wasn't it, Rob? It was like... Yeah, you had no I, idea. I wasn't even... Well, yeah, I had no idea. They um, flew me to LA for a day from Perth, which is like two days worth of travel and um, for the chemistry test. And uh, it wasn't until after the chemistry test, I was like, oh, what's the show actually about again? And they're like, oh, you're getting bitten and stung by the world's most painful animals I'm like oh all right <laughs> i thought it was just going to be a you know a typical wildlife show but no there was a twist to it <laughs> was this kind of your concept rob or, or how did you get involved with it in a bizarre way uh, this has been my concept and a lot of other guys concepts for the last decade and no network has basically had the balls to do it because it's dangerous but for kings of pain i had zero to do with they reached out to me. I was working on a much more benign show uh, with history. They wanted to do uh, like a wildlife mystery type show. Mm-hmm. And then one day they're like, how do you feel about getting bit? And I had done, uh, I had shot a pilot 10 years before with, uh, with Animal Planet. And I probably can't say too much because it never aired. But basically, I went to the eye doctor and two guys went to the hospital Ooh. And uh, they nixed that right away. <laughs> so <laughs> that's why it never aired. <laughs> it never aired, and I'm kind of glad it didn't because I was about 28 or 29 at the time, and I would have done anything they would have told me. Just being mm. a young, young dumb guy, uh, they were talking about that Kandiru fish. It's a oh. tiny catfish that swims up your manhood. Oh, I've heard about that. Yeah, they, that I probably wouldn't have done that one. They 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 brought it up, and I was like, "Nah, they're what if we got you a Porsche?" I'm like. Am I going to pick up a girl in a date? You know, take her on a date in this nice Porsche, but my penis is broken from a catfish. I mean, no. <laughs> uh, just a minute. The, the fish wouldn't have even touched the sides, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I have a lot more confidence than I do, Adam. <laughs> I had that once and it couldn't get in. I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I actually wasn't even meant to do the show, wasn't I? Because I was wasn't the original co-host. Like it came between me and another guy and the network, I think felt that Rob and I kind of look too similar. We've got Mm. short hair and facial hair. And so I didn't get it. I didn't get the show. And then I was seeing on Rob's uh, Instagram, they're in Bolivia filming and it looks so cool. I'm like, damn, but I was having these reoccurring dreams that I was going to do the show. I was like, for some reason I got this feeling. And then it turns out the other dude got bitten by something and nearly died. And then I got an email. Oh, can you you still want to do that show? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> they didn't tell me what happened until I got there, of course. But yeah. yeah. That must have been very early on early on in the process then. About two days in, I think, in the mm-hmm. shooting. Yeah. So what was it that he got bit by? Because you guys get bit, and we'll get into you guys get bit by everything and still kind of keep on kicking. Yeah, um, basically he was bitten by what we would consider a non-venomous snake, but has actual has trace amounts of venom, and gotcha. he uh, and he was allergic to that because of his previous snake bites. Uh-huh. So uh, the thing bit me. Uh, I chucked it over to him and said, you know, it might be rear fanged, but you know, it's not a big deal. Completely forgetting his allergy, and then uh. Long story short, he was dead practically oh on the on the riverbank within within minutes. The amount of epinephrine they used to to bring him back was uh, a lot more than anyone who who has allergies carries on them. So, 
It's like 30 uh, EpiPens worth or it something. It was something ridiculous, it? yeah. Because oh yeah. we didn't know where, yeah. So, so if, if you... I have one public message, if you carry EpiPens, double or triple it after what I've seen, it it doesn't last long. It lasts about two minutes per EpiPen. And an EpiPen is what you would use like if you get stung by a bee or something and you're allergic, right? For like allergic reactions to that? Exactly. And uh, just to the severity of his allergy and, and the remote location, it required, like Adam said, some ridiculous amount. It was at least 10. At least 10. And, and like they were teetering on giving him too much and stopping his heart. So so what is your vocation like by trade? Like what would what did you take in school or whatever? The, the thing with animals, like the most most people that are experts in their field actually have no qualifications. They just get out there at a young age and do it. Just do uh, it, which right. is Yeah, Caveman and I was sort of in that boat, but I went to uni and did wildlife biology as well. Obviously, I didn't get a job as a wildlife biologist, but um, no, I, I kind of did. I was doing like working fauna surveys out in remote locations and stuff like that, and then just went out and started making my own wildlife documentaries, and then production companies sort of got notice of it, and, and that was it. Here, yeah. yeah, here I am. <laughs> how, how about you, caveman? Yeah, I never, uh, never thought it would take this route <laughs> uh i am not a biologist uh, i'm i'm not a professional in most traditional ways if you've ever had a fishing buddy that has just been absolutely obsessed with fishing you probably know someone like that they they work just to fish i'm kind of like that with with what's called herping which is looking for reptiles and amphibians like, oh, okay like all of my money and free time just goes to that and uh someone called me one day and said do you want to uh, audition for the show where we travel we put you in this plastic box and let like a bears and lions approach and see what happens and i'm like yeah i'm, I'm down for that but <laughs> i was so i was so nervous I, I went up there and they're like just talk about tigers and i'm like um tigers have stripes <laughs> right needless to say I, I did not get that uh yeah. show but they emailed me a few days later like hey do you know anyone crazy enough to get bitten by some non-venomous snakes on camera like high-speed camera and i was like uh I can do this. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, that's stupid, but I did it. And uh, I, I don't know how Kings of Pain didn't know I did that, or or, or I also did a uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not, which is mm-hmm. uh, you know a TV show now. And I got stung by a, a tarantula hawk on that, but somehow Kings of Pain randomly realized I was dumb enough to do another one. So <laughs> that's <laughs> how I got into this. I do work uh, animal handling for a TV shows sometimes, and uh, like so, they need a snake on set, I'll come wrangle it. And, gotcha. Uh, All right, let's talk about how this Kings of Pain journey started for you guys. We'll do that after I tell you about a journey I took with my family, a journey through our history thanks to Ancestry DNA. And I learned something about myself and my family that I never knew, that I'm 2% Baltic. What is Baltic? I don't even know what that is. (laughs) Just one thing I learned after taking my Ancestry DNA test, very, very interesting. And we're still discovering lots of information thanks to Ancestry's billions of records and millions of family trees to let you discover more of your ancestors' personal stories. Who knows what you might discover? Maybe you have a famous relative. Maybe you find pictures of your grandparents uh, as kids. Or maybe proof that nobody in your family died from a venomous snake or spider bite. That's a possibility. After all, the story of your family is the story of you. And you can order it right now on Ancestry.com slash Jericho. Ancestry can help you trace the path of your recent ancestors and learn how and why your family moved from place to place around the world. Researching your history is a fun activity for the whole family. No other DNA test delivers such a unique interactive experience. And I know because like I mentioned it, I've done it. I took the Ancestry DNA test. I had a great time sharing my results with my family. 
It's made my kids more curious about where they came from. They started asking more questions about their relatives, and I've shared my results with my aunt, uh, Auntie Joan, and my goddaughter, Brittany, who have been kind of our family historians on each side of the family tree. It's helped them with that uh, on my mom's side, on my dad's side. Easy to start making discoveries with Ancestry. Grab an Ancestry DNA kit and start a free trial to amplify your discoveries with Ancestry's billions of records. Start exploring your family history today. Head to Ancestry.com slash Jericho to get your Ancestry DNA kit and start your free trial. That's Ancestry.com slash Jericho. So how does this journey start then? So you guys both get cast. You've never met each other. You have the chemistry test and now you know, you're thrown out into the wilderness to go find some of these creatures. And I'm just going to read some of them off and we can discuss them in specifics just so people know kind of what these are not just your typical snakes and it's executioner wasp, warrior wasp, like you mentioned, bird-eating tarantula, scorpions, harvester ants, lizards, scorpion fish, rove beetles, giant Asian centipedes, reticulated pythons. That was a tough episode for you guys, which we'll talk about, but... So where did you start? What was kind of the first? Did you go in order of, of the pain index? And first of all, take this back. Describe what the pain index is and, and who kind of came up with this. Well, it was originally based off Justin Schmidt, who is an entomologist. And the Schmidt pain index, it's a pretty uh, well-known pain index, but it's basically just ants, wasps, and bees that are really on his pain scale. Uh, so, you know, History Channel and we thought, let's chuck some other crazy stuff on there. Let's extend it, you know, into vertebrates, into marine animals, you know, you name it, spiders. So our first trip was Bolivia, right? Yeah. And then, but Rob had already been in Bolivia for a while and I got like two weeks notice that I was doing the show. So I was like having to scramble to get everything together. So each... Uh, trip we did was two episodes so we did right. two episodes in bolivia and um indonesia mexico what else was there South oh, africa africa, africa. Yeah, africa. Yeah. Right. yeah yeah and the um like we try and make it a bit more intricate as well in the pain index instead of doing like a one to four which what justin schmidt did you add more numbers in there it becomes a bit more accurate so we did intensity duration and damage and 10 points for each one ultimately getting to a 30 and the closer you get to 30 the what well, shit it is and we got pretty damn <laughs> I think close if you, had 30, you might be dead <laughs> i think 30 is death yeah exactly yeah we, we got we got as close as you want to want to get to the 30 point mark <laughs> maybe a step closer <laughs> yeah right 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 because it shows as well because i've done quite a few reality shows as well and a couple of them where we went you know, searching for the lost gold of, of Billy the Kid, and we went looking for, you know, New Orleans swamp monsters and that sort of thing. So the swamp monster one was very similar to what you guys were doing, paddling at night and going through kind of the underbush and underbelly in a lot of ways. So you have to actually capture these specimens first. Now, that could take weeks. I mean, is it something where somebody kind of puts them in the area or you just completely going out into the wild and hoping for the best? Or did it take longer than you thought certain times to find these things? Yeah. Well, we had some failures. So we had to, we had to switch species even. Oh, uh, really? last minute. Yeah, because we couldn't find what we were looking for. Yeah, we didn't want to do captive animals just because maybe the venom might be compromised or it could be more potent because they're getting fed regularly. But we wanted right. a wild animal 
like we were looking for the Bolivian blue uh, blue leg bird eater tarantula. We couldn't find that. Uh, there were some other ones, I'm sure. Huge pressure because you can travel to these places and and spend every day out in the bush and not find anything. Especially in Bolivia, the Amazon is shockingly difficult to find animals. Shockingly really? Bad. They were, uh, yeah, our biologist said, yeah. yeah, do you remember our biologist said that the uh, one of the reasons it took 500 years or some ridiculous amount of time for the Spanish to cross the uh, the Amazon was because the uh, the density of food was so low. Hmm. Yeah, there's like a massive amount of species, but just not a large amount of those individual species. So there's massive diversity, but not a lot of the you know animal actual animals there. So you can yeah, find low heaps density. Of, yeah, low density. Yeah. So a lot of the animals we did have people on standby in case we couldn't catch one, but it was pretty crazy because we were getting ready to go all right let's get the the ones that were pre-caught but the amount of times we actually found them while we were in that transition was ridiculous like what actually wait there's one right here it was pretty damn cool um but i think the the hardest was the tarantula hawks uh, because we had would catch quite a few of them because i was really bad at picking them up i'd let them go so we will go through like 20 of them because like I was smoking at the time. So like if I didn't have a cigarette for like, you know, five <laughs> minutes, I'm like all shaky and stuff like that. So I was just letting them go left, right. And they were flying like right into the crew as well. And they're like the size of like budgerigars, like parakeets. So <laughs> the crew were pretty pissed off. Yeah, these are spiders, by the way. These tarantula hawks are not a certain type of bird. A tarantula hawk is a spider that probably eats birds. Well, no, it's it's a it's a wasp that eats spiders. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, yeah, sorry. even more horrific. Yeah, they like they catch tarantulas and they lay lay an egg on the tarantula. <laughs> then the egg hatches and the baby eats its way out from, from while the tarantula oh is paralyzed and still alive. It's so disgusting, like just all that stuff, man. Like it's fucking hell. So, what, what was the hardest thing to catch? Like once you found one of these. To actually get it, <laughs> the Nile monitor. Well, actually, we hadn't oh. seen one, but the Nile monitor was. Oh lord! Did you did you uh, get a chance to watch the episode where we are we are on a river in Africa, and uh, the hippos come after us? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, by the way, are, are absolutely murderers, from what I've read. Oh yeah, yeah. hippos and rhinos are killers, right? Thank God Adam was yeah. driving because I've crashed every new oh. vehicle that I've ever gotten, <laughs> and he had you know what forty five minutes to learn how to drive this aluminum boat. Yeah, with like like a the motor on it was spectacular, but if you just tapped the gas too hard, the thing would have flipped over. Yeah, it was like so. The way they set up the boat is at night they want to be able to see our faces, so they set up lights that are shining into our face, so the cameras right. on the other boat can see us. But that means I can't see Dick when I'm looking out into the darkness. I can't see anything because I've got this light blinding on me. So all I can see is where like Rob's shining his flashlight, which. You know, when there's hippos hitting you, it's like all over the place. <laughs> so, like, yeah, and, and hippos, hippos are literally like murderers in the wild. 100 percent in a river not people not far from that. where we were. Oh, they 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 kill what five hundred people a year in Africa? Yeah, yeah. roughly. Yeah, more roughly. than any other mammal. Yeah, yeah, and we we had seen one during the day while we were out in the boat, and it it was fine. But night came, and they just Everywhere. turned feral. They flip yeah. the switch, yeah. They flip a switch yep. right after dark for whatever reason, and mm. it wasn't like they were just 
you know, sort of haphazard. They would see us from a distance. You would see them come up, and they don't they don't swim. They're too heavy, so they just run along the bottom. And so you see this like really trail of bubbles coming towards your boat, and then there's nothing you can really do about it. This mm. river was what. 30 yards across, you know, 30 meters yeah. across. Yeah. Was it wasn't, 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 wasn't even that. Yeah. That must have been terrifying. Yeah. I mean, the, the boat we were in, that the hippos could have just flipped it like it was a aluminum right. can, you know, like it was nothing. And we, uh, Rob had leaned over the side of the boat and like grabbed a baby Nile crocodile. And we we're doing a segment on that, which didn't make it to, to the final cut. And just as like we're releasing this little baby crocodile. I'm sort of putting it in reverse and then boom, back of the boat just lifts up. I'm like, have I hit a tree or something? <laughs> I'm like, nah, it did happen again. I'm like, I turned around and there's a hippo heads like <laughs> right behind uh, me. I'm like, oh, right shit. behind them, not even a foot behind yeah. them. The, the driver's part of the boat was right at the back of the boat. Yeah. You see so, this giant head come up behind them like, oh my man, gosh. Yeah. The, the last one, because funny story, but it pissed me off so much. We're, Sort of after like the first couple of bumps by the hippos, we're sort of cruising down into the darkness, and the camera boats to our left, and we see a bunch of hippos in front of us. And I'm yelling out to the camera boat, I'm like, What do I do? Like, do I keep going? What do I do? Because there's a like a guide guy that's driving their boat, and next minute they don't say anything to me, they just turn around and piss off. They just, I'm like, (laughs) Are you serious? We're just sitting here. Then I turn around and then whack. Like the last one was a big one. That's when I turned around and saw it's like mouth like right at my ass. I was like, shit. I was, I was pretty pissed off when, when it got off that boat, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't I, happy. I haven't seen them that mad. Hey, did you think that the hippos, I mean, this sounds kind of crazy, but almost like they were coordinated at the end to where they came at us from different directions. It probably wasn't coordinated, but it, we had nowhere to go because there's two mm. of them right at the end and they kind of sandwiched us. I'm sure it was, you know, we um, went to the Calgary zoo a few years ago and they have hippos there. And sometimes they said, don't get within like this 20 yard. Cause sometimes they would just turn their ass towards the people and just spray shit over like yep. <laughs> shit over people. So they're, they're, they're very uh, smart when it comes to that. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they did flank you. They they're wow. actually like very smart. Like people think they're just big dumb animals, but yeah. no, they're they're pretty damn smart. That's for sure. And they're like, so, and you're not safe on like on land either. Like they come onto land like to sleep and everything. So so they, they just end up, did they just end up leaving you alone? Did you out race them? No, or? no. We got back to land and jumped off, and we were like, <laughs> no, nah, we we, we, we got to find another way to catch this Nile monitor because this is this yeah. Is we awesome. left we left camera gear and lights and all that on the boat. We didn't give a yeah. damn about it at that point. <laughs> <laughs> some some poor production assistant had to go back down there and pull it all off. Yeah. So I, I think the guys, one of the guys had had a pistol on him. But I think that would just yeah. He goes yeah, yeah, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm like I'm like, what's that for? Is that for the hippos? And he's like. He's like, oh yeah, but it would just piss him off even more. Oh, oh, yeah. oh awesome! Like Thanks. A dart at him or something, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, we'll go through some of the bites and stings you got from some of these uh, horrific creatures during filming, uh, and what if anything you did to prepare yourself for it. We'll do that after I say thank you to one of the sponsors making this show possible, and that's Steven Singer Jewelers. We love Steven Singer here at Talk Is Jericho and his famous gold dip roses and his jewelry and the great prices he offers. It's probably why his competition hates him so much. We love him. They hate him. Steven makes the experience of buying a diamond better and better and easier, and he makes it fun. 
Stephen is the very first to offer each and every customer the perfect price always. I mean, have you ever wondered if you're really getting the best price? Are you uncomfortable negotiating? You just don't really like haggling or trying to make a deal? Then head to Steven Singer Jewelers because you won't have to negotiate or haggle. You'll just get the perfect price, period. You'll never pay more than the guy sitting next to you. And here's a little insider tip. Most jewelers mark their merchandise way up just to mark it down later so that you feel like you're getting a great deal. Uh, and do you want the most important purchase of your life to be based on that kind of pricing and your negotiating skills? I don't think so. That's not going to be the case at Steven Singer because at Steven Singer Jewelers, you are guaranteed to get the perfect price all day, every day, 365 days a year. That's why we trust Steven Singer. He makes the experience of buying a diamond so easy. Check out Steven Singer Jewelers at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly or buy online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price. Let's start talking about when you actually start getting bit by these creatures. Like, once again, I think the whole concept of the show, it's very brave in concept. And when you're out there, like you said, capturing it and catching it and bringing it back. But then the next day you have to sit there and wait for it to bite you. That must be like waiting for the executioner's blade to fall. If you're in the guillotine, like a hundred percent. And I think also too, cause so you guys switched it up cause each guy has to get bit. And sometimes Robert goes first and sometimes Adam goes first. So talk to us a little bit about those stories about when you went, because at first is the unknown, but then watching your brother get it could be even worse at times too. I imagine. Hell yeah, it was <laughs> way worse. And keep in mind, like with most of them, we've been researching them for, for a couple of weeks or more. And so we've just read every horrible story that's ever happened. You know, right. The, the mild bites don't get into the books and the newspapers. <laughs> yeah. We're like reading like, you know, about the most horrible things. Yeah. Uh, we learned pretty quick that going second was definitely worse. Really? A hundred percent. It was like, Oh, far. Cause it, originally it was sort of like whoever's more nervous about the bite or sting goes first, but I don't know. That kind of got lost throughout the, the show but um no nah, it was like you want to go first because you don't want to see what the hell it's just done to your mate and then go oh shit now it's now's your now turn. It's my turn yeah especially yeah. especially with the retic <laughs> yeah that, i mean and 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 also it was um like some of them like we grew to like bite days because we got the rest of the day off so it's <laughs> sort of like, all right, like, and, and especially if they weren't that bad, like weren't like a prolonged pain. And then they, then they changed that, didn't they? And they, they started caught, they giving, giving to us, it. they caught yeah. on to us, started giving us stuff to do afterwards. And we told them don't, we told them don't do that. So that their own peril, because like sooner or later, one's going to be too bad. And uh, it was the final episode, both the centipede and the reticulated python bite. We were unable to film not even that day, but even like the next day. After the after the Python bite, they wanted us to uh, they want me to drive like a 1940s Jeep with uh, no power steering, and like my, my left hand is just wrecked. I mean, I'm talking yeah. like ulnar nerve damage at this point. Yeah, and so uh, yeah, we had to do extreme measures to make that work. They, they had to tow the car, and Rob <laughs> pretend to drive it. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I tell you, I tell you what, Chris, this car was like a death trap, man. Like. Uh, it was the the seat wasn't attached to anything, so like Rob goes around a corner, like a, a roundabout, <laughs> and I nearly fly out the car, still on the seat. I'm like holding on to the side of the car. It's nearly flung me and the seat 
straight out of the car. It was a death trap, hey. But yeah, it was just a roundabout like, in Bali too. You that roundabout, that? man. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and then my driving. I got to. Adam should have driven because he's from Australia, and they you know they drive on the other side. Right. He he, he literally right had to play by play, just turn left, Rob. You know, because I'd be going the wrong way on the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was giving I was giving way for him and stuff. Going, all right, you can go now because it was sort of agreed that Rob will drive the cars, I'll drive the boats. So I crashed, yeah. I crashed the boat the first day, and then that was the agreement that was made. See, that, that, that's all the stuff besides even just getting bit. It's like all the adventures you're having just to get in and out of these places. I'm just, I'm imagining. Sure, for sure, because some of the places were like, oh, a lot of them were super remote. Hey, like in Bolivia, oh, yeah. we're basically on an island. It was what like a three or four hour drive just to get to where we got the boats to get to this place. And that was like three flights to get to. We had to stop off in, was it Peru or something on the way there? It took me yeah. like six or seven flights just to get to right. yeah. get, get there. Like, it was nuts. And then we had to stay the night up in um, La Paz, which is I think the highest city in the world, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, you're like altitude sick the moment you land. And they're just giving you a coca tea made from like the coca leaves that they make cocaine out of. <laughs> Yeah, that, stuff, that stuff is good, eh? It's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and then they gave us a hotel. Uh, you feel like you're dying. And then they gave us this, it's like a micro hotel. And you're sleeping practically in a coffin. And it's just horrible. Yeah, it was, eh? Uh, I, I was slept, like, but yeah. Yeah, I was, I was out having a smoke for a while. And then I walk in because I was sharing a, this. It was like a little sauna. <laughs> like, it was tiny. <laughs> And I opened the door and just like the Rob's body heat and just waft the smell. <laughs> it was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> well, I'll say I didn't actually notice the altitude sickness that much because being a smoker, I'm used to not having that much oxygen in my lungs. So it was like, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> Let's go through some of these creatures that you got bit by and just tell us some of your recollections. Because, um, like I said, I watched all the shows and saw all the bites and some of them were insanely crazy and some of them you guys would even say oh that's not so bad so let's just start with the executioner wasp like these are big 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 insects big wasps yeah yeah they're they, huge they have a, a reputation because uh some other guys have done this thing on the internet and said it was the worst that's one of the few that justin schmidt did not have on his index was the executioner wasp and so it got a pretty big reputation. I think it was after Coyote Peterson did a sting. Right. We found it, uh, I have to say, with the exception of the calcular, because Adam got a particularly bad calcular, which is actually a wasp, a wingless wasp uh, sting. But it was, it was the wasp. This was a wasp that lasted the longest, because those stings are usually five minutes or less. And this, this that, hurt for yeah. what? Yeah, if, if that. This is what, 20, 30 minutes of pain? Yeah, yeah, it was about that. Eh? It was yeah, yeah de easily the longest duration for for the wasps because the wasps are great Enjoy. stings because mm -hmm. they really hurt, and then as soon as the sting's out, the sting is out. It's basically the pain's gone. So it's like the perfect sting. There's nothing that hangs around, no pain that lingers. But the execution wasp did. It was kind of like a dull ache, like similar to the bullet end. Yeah, the it's wasp stings, Chris, are, are Chris are almost fun. Yeah, it's like an adrenaline hit. I would love to see you guys get in a bar fight with somebody. Oh, really? Here, take the bottle, smash it over my head. See? Oh, every weekend, mate. <laughs> well, yeah, you're from Perth, man, of course. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because I never noticed before, you know, um, and it's something that's really cool about the show is they get really tight on on these creatures biting you. I always thought that it was the kind of the the body of the wasp that stung you. 
like the kind of the point of it. I never realized that a stinger comes out of that to sting you. I don't think a lot of people realize that. Like this actual needle comes out of the wasps, like, you know, I don't want to say the wasp ass, but the wasps hindquarters to, to freaking stab you guys. That was really interesting. I mean, interesting to watch. I'm sure it wasn't too interesting for you guys to take it. But. No, so, some of the, the length on some of those wasp stingers was nuts. Hey, that velvet ant, man, it come out like an inch and a half and the thing's tiny. I'm like, what the hell? But it's actually a, um, <sighs> like, like modified uh, egg, right? yeah, egg depositor. Yeah. That's what the stinger is. Mm. Just, yeah. So it, it's only females, only females sting. Yeah. Right? The males, the males can't sting because it's the modified egg layer like like adam's saying and, and this is it's, this it's, is good no i was just saying it's surprising because you can actually see like it's almost like a thing you'd see on transformers a thing open and then it just comes out and right stabbing right before around. it goes in you yeah yeah <laughs> yep. right in, yeah Ooh. sometimes yeah. we're like well, especially me too sweaty the um oh it's i sweat like man <laughs> No tomorrow, but the stinger wouldn't get, couldn't get any purchase on my skin, so it'd just be slipping, slip sliding around on my skin because I was just yeah. so sweaty. So it, it was pretty hard to get me stung sometimes. Because what you guys have to do is you hold them by tweezers and then kind of stick it next to your arm and just wait for it to to reach out and lash out at you. Yep. Yeah, and sometimes that stinger will go everywhere but your skin. It's you mm. see it looking for you. Oh, you know, talk wow. about anticipation! Oh yeah, yeah. Thing to find it. And and it was it was interesting. We're we're not we don't know anything about insects. We were calling Justin Schmidt, the entomologist, all we could. And and uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm like a reptile guy. Adam's like a reptile mammal type guy. Is it you know? And uh, I I and am so a mammal. We, yeah. 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 So we were way outside our comfort. <laughs> way outside our comfort zone. zone. Or right, let's talk about the one that freaked me out the most when I saw it because I hate spiders. I don't like them. They creep me out. We'll talk about the giant tarantula that was about as big as my hand. And I'll let you guys uh, creep us out with that story. But first, another word about another great Talk is Jericho sponsor that's not going to creep you out, Geico. Uh, not gecko, Geico. It's not a lizard that's going to bite you. It's Geico. I know all of you guys listening either own or rent your homes for the most part, and I know it's hard work. But you know it's easily? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Let's talk about the one that freaked me out, because I think think it was you, Rob, that said you hate spiders as well. The the Goliath bird-eating tarantulas is big freaking hand-sized tarantula Ugh, what was that one like that was the worst like visually Ugh, visually yeah. for both of us but i'm i'm especially for me because i'm not great with spiders like, i don't hate them i'm not yeah i'm not like terrified of them i'm just not a fan you know and of course we had to get one that was just like a beast and um i was sort of like you know when you sort of make your eyes go a bit out of focus and you can't really see properly. Yeah. That's what I was doing when I was looking at this because I didn't <laughs> want to look at it. Eh? Um, but, and then, like, the worst was it, it didn't, this thing didn't want to bite. It, it just didn't want to bite. Um, I mean, the, you have to really try to get bitten by them. And that, that was the worst. So I'm sitting there waiting for it to bite and I can feel it, like, touching my, my arm. And on the end of their, each, arm, each of their arms are like little cat claws. So I could feel mm. like scratching oh, me. I'm gross. Like, is, is that it biting me? Is that it biting me? It's like, nah, nah. You got to move your arm a little bit so it pisses it off and gets defensive. And that's when 
yeah, the fangs come out and you can hear them popping over our skin. And oh. Rob's reaction, man, like his, he screamed louder than I did just because he saw it. <laughs> he saw it happening. He screamed louder than I did. <laughs> and it wasn't just one bite. The thing was walking its fangs across Adam's arm. Pop, yeah. pop, pop. And you just see the skin pooling with, with the, oh, every fang. Oh, Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you that, had a, a long-term reaction to that, didn't you? Yeah, super bad. And it, did, it only happened like, what, a week or two after the bite because I rated it pretty low for damage. Right. But then my arms started doing funny stuff, eh? Like it sort of got swollen. But to the point where if I like, it felt like styrofoam, hey? Like it would creak mm. when mm. I touched it and like it felt like my whole arm was fractured. So we had to go back and change the damage duration score on that because it had like a real delayed effect on me so yeah i mean that that, that's the thing i was going to ask you guys because with all the different amounts of poison and venom in your system and you know you guys in wrestling we we call it selling you guys sell it and sometimes you sell it worse and sometimes it lasts but is there long-term effects to having all of this stuff injected into your bodies well there's certainly risk of uh developing allergic like hypersensitivity to different venoms. Right. So, so even though it, it's, it's crazy after being on the show, like a bee or wasp will land on me. I don't care anymore. Like, you know, <laughs> do your worst. But, but no. in reality, it's probably more dangerous than ever. I don't think Adam and I are prone to developing allergies, but it can happen. And, and no one just has an allergy. It's some type of previous exposure to some type of protein that, that causes uh, mm. an allergic reaction. So every time you get stung, you're just, drastically increasing your chances that you'll have an allergy later so we actually have to be a little bit uh careful we haven't had any issues but for me i mean i don't know if you can see my scar here for, yeah for everyone listening i have like a giant horseshoe shaped scar on the bottom uh, or the inside of my arm and then on the outside of my arm i have another horseshoe shape that's the top jaw and the bottom jaw of a 16 foot reticulated python yeah i've basically have permanent disabilities uh from this i have I uh, had out of a surgery and I've got more testing coming up um, very soon, actually, because one of the teeth from the python punctured my uh, older nerve directly. And then on top of that damage, scar tissue built up and put more pressure on it. I would say I had about 50% function in my hand for what's been a year and a half. Wow. Slowly getting better. Because you saw that as soon as you got bit, that your two fingers were kind of hanging down there after the, the, the python, right? It felt like I had stuck my hand in electrical outlet immediately. And yeah. if, you, if you watch the video, uh, normally in that situation, you better do everything to get the python off of you, like whatever you got to do. But I trusted Adam. I trusted uh, – we had a couple of local snake handlers. I felt like if I – knew, I knew the teeth were in something. I didn't know exactly what mm-hmm. I thought it was either a nerve or an artery because I'd never felt that sensation. I was afraid if I struggled at all, it might just sever yeah. all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was no I, help getting that off because my arm was already you were messed wrapped up. up yeah. So I had, to, yeah. I had to take a back seat and I was like, oh, it, it killed me to see that because I wish I could have done more getting that off. Was, was that a male? Was that a male? I can't remember if we saw uh, it. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I wouldn't trust the way they sexed it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The biologist like, did it. Yeah. Yeah, they said if, it was a if male. If it was a male, I, th- I think off the top of my head, the males might have serrated teeth. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I've still got one. I've, I've got the tooth that yeah. I took It was, it was in arm. your flesh, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, I've still got it. And yeah, it's, I mean, the serrations will be so tiny, but it's not as serrated as, say, like a water monitor's teeth, though. But Okay. Well, and, I just and that want to jerk away with the serrated tooth in my arm. 
You know, oh, and, and that's and that's the one that you rated the highest out of the uh, out of the whole show was the reticulated python, which got to twenty five point seven five on the uh, on the pain index. And and what the guys are describing is when the python, the jaws are just huge. I mean, it almost looks like a like a like a Hollywood bad special effect when it opens its jaws. It doesn't even look like it's real, right? <laughs> But the serrate, the, there's so many teeth. Like I, I, I'm not sure. I can't remember if it was Adam or, or, or I think it was Adam's arm when the uh, the doctor said it almost looked like a propeller, like a boat propeller, went over your arm and just cut it like in multiple, like it seemed like a dozen places of like this tooth mark all the way across your arm. Yeah, I still got like you can see it right there. Yeah, plain as day. Yeah, the scar is there. Yeah. His, cool, his scar is so much cooler than mine. I'm super yeah, mine. <laughs> His is an outer scar. You got the inner scar. Yeah, I, I, got, I got the good scar and no permanent damage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got like a bar conversation piece. And yeah. I got surgery. Yeah. I'm, I'm, really, I'm really pissed off the piranhas didn't scar, though. I would have loved a good piranha scar. That would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. I noticed too, Robert, like when, when you guys had that python, this thing was, I mean, like you said, 16 feet and it's across a table. And it's waiting for you. And when you lunged at it with your arm, that's where it came out and got you. Like, it, it, you didn't have to wait too long, at least the way that they edited it. Like, as soon as you kind of lunged at it, it came and bit right on you. We had a we had a real uh, hard, like, we were scared that, we were like, yeah, how the hell are we going to get this thing to bite us? Because there was a real chance that it wouldn't have been interested in us. So, for one, it's like, how are we going to get it to bite us? And two... How are we going to get it to bite us where we want it to bite us? Right. So, and and we didn't want to do like, uh, we want to do sort of a very fleshy part so it wouldn't cause damage, but it copped, obviously it copped Rob right where we didn't want it to to get him. But we w weren't sure whether to get it by the head and put it on our arms, uh, but that would compromise its power. So it right. wouldn't be a, a good bite. You want that force of it striking. And it's a purely a defensive strike, you know, we're, pissing it off waving our arms in front of it and um yeah it, it, and obviously the face shields and that and we we're wearing cups as well because it's you know it's head it height with oh man jeez yeah it could bite anywhere precision virus python <laughs> free, free vasectomy you know yeah <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, yeah they don't have any jaw pressure it's a lot of people are shocked to hear that they have practically no jaw pressure it's just that huge long muscular body pulling backwards that gives them oh. you know the white power so if we held it behind the head it would have been way safer but it would just been like needle pricks and it really wouldn't have been a representation of an actual bite in the field so i wish we had done it the other way but uh yeah <laughs> it could have been worse. And the idea too is like the, the 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 doctor Ben is awesome. Like what a yeah. fun looking guy he is. But he it seems like the idea is for you guys to get bit and then not to instantly give you medical attention. You guys kind of got to be on your own for a while to figure out the the different feelings and sensations. I guess correct. Yeah, we weren't allowed to take any painkillers or anything that would alter what we were going to rate it which sucked for some of them real oh. bad and like i was i was boozing pretty heavily <laughs> afterwards <laughs> especially like yeah so i don't but blame that was you hours, like oh man jesus like the well the lionfish my hand it was like all right six hours is enough man i'm cracking some beers and the pain just disappeared 
Well, let, let, it's, it tends to do that. Um, talk about the lionfish because you guys are also doing a lot of aquatic animals as well. And they're some of the most poisonous. Before you get to that, are there some that you just know, okay, we can't get bit by, you know, um, I, can't, I think it was, what's the, is it a blue octopus or whatever it is? We can't get bit by these animals because they'll kill us for sure, like a black widow or whatever it may be. Stay away from those ones, right? It was a weird fine line. There's, It's like uh, Goldilocks. You got you got to find like the one that's just right that causes pain without killing you or causing permanent damage. And like, there's, there's kind of like spillover on either side to where like, Oh, this is the average say lionfish, but maybe you'll get a sting that's not bad. Or maybe you'll get like the lionfish barb goes into a nerve or punctures an artery. Cause those are really long uh, defensive spines they have, or the venom is just too potent. Right. It was really actually hard to find, appropriate animals that either are going to be boring or oh not going to kill right. Yeah, that's we we, that, we we found a blue ringed octopus as well uh in indonesia and that did if you really got, yeah if we got bit by that we wouldn't have made it off the beach alive well that's the most that's the most venomous animal in the world right or one of the most yeah po- uh, arguably the, the most toxically venomous for sure and like you're just paralyzed you you know you stop breathing yeah. Yeah, done. And there's so nothing you can do. The the lionfish was interesting because you basically just kind of like hit your hand on it as hard as you could, which then kind of punctured your. That would have been even hard as well. Like I, w- I don't think I'd have enough. Like, oh, eh, yeah. eh. <laughs> you know, you had to really slam your hand down on that to get uh, to get the full effect. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> normally the animal hit, comes and bites you. Yeah. The animal stings you, and you really don't have to do anything but just take it. This is a certain amount of – I feel like Adam did better. I feel like Adam's a little better on this one. Yeah, that – well, because it, it goes against everything that's natural to you, you know. If, right. if Rob's getting me stung, that's him. He's doing it. But when you physically have to do it yourself using your own strength and – uh, but I did get a good sting because I was watching what Rob was doing and sort of learned from that. But mine, the bloody barb went right the way in. And when I pulled my hand out, I'm like, oh, the fish is bleeding. Because, like, you know, a good portion of its spine had blood. And I'm like, oh, shit, no, that's my blood. Like, right. it, went, it went deep. And then my hand started doing weird, weird stuff. But that's when Rolled the beers yeah, got came into into use but oh yeah and, and remember <laughs> remember they had to go rescue that paraglider that was up on the hill as well i forgot about that <laughs> yeah and while, we, while we're getting stung by the lionfish some guy in one of those like it's one of those fan plane things like yeah, yeah. Light or something yeah. yeah yeah just like crashes into the side of the mountain <laughs> so <they're> like <laughs> getting jason the medics up there and stuff like that literally <laughs> mid sting too <laughs> yeah mid sting yeah. yeah and and we had to because we were quite you know a fair walk on the beach we had helicopters on standby in case we got a really bad reaction they got helicopters that will come and take us off the beach cuz there's no way they could have walked us off that beach Mm-mm. Like if, if something bad happens, so yeah. we had a police escort to the hospital in Bali. Oh man, the hospital. Okay, so so I, I don't. You didn't come. Did you come to the hospital, Adam? I came. Yeah, I was trying to film you on my phone because they weren't allowing cameras in. Then they were like getting angry at me and yelling at me. I think we all tried to film on our cameras secretly. Yeah. So after the python bite, I had a huge hematoma, which is just like a giant pool of blood in my arm. I mean, it looked like I had two elbows, and uh, 
Dr. Ben Abel, who is a curly head medic, you'll see with that always that yep. grin on his face. He doesn't do anything. He just sits there and he's like, Don't bother me until you're dying. It, it's it's so funny. <laughs> like, like he's so confident in what he does that he's like, Yeah, you'll he be is. Right. He goes yeah. and he goes, Don't don't piss me off because I'll kill you, bring you back to life, and then kill you again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was hilarious, man. I love that guy. Oh, he's so good. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, he, he tried to deal with the, the doctors in the hot they wanted to give me antivenin for a non-venomous, you know, python. And he and he's real, real, real slow. I don't want to, you know, give him antivenin. We just want to cut him open and relieve the pressure that this this blood that's pulling up is doing. And they're like, well, we can't cut him open because of the venom. And he's like, there's no venom. And he's like, we're just taking you home. <laughs> he, he actually he actually uh, gave me some, some, I think, some Oxycontin and a shot of whiskey and then put me up in a hotel room and, and, and squeezed this thing in the hotel while I bit the, you know, Bit the pillow, basically. <laughs> I didn't know that, there was oxy being meaning. passed around, man. Jeez, Louise. for after we raided it, and I was, uh, I was, I was in a mess for a couple of days. That that flight home was long. All right, we got to talk about the ants. So many ants. That's pretty uh, gross as well, and very uh, painful. And we'll get to that. But first, this friendly reminder from our pals at Nitsa. Uh, I want to keep you away from some pain because it can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late to find yourself at a railway crossing waiting for a train. And if the singles are going and the train's not even there yet, you may feel a little bit tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Well, don't do that ever. To the naked eye, trains often appear to be further away and moving slower than they really are. And remember, they cannot stop quickly. Even if the engineer hits the emergency brakes right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop. Think about that, over one mile to stop. By that time, it's too late, and the result is a potentially deadly crash. The point is, you can't know how quickly the train will arrive. The train can't stop quickly. Even if it sees you, it ends in disaster. If the signals are on, the train is on its way. And you just need to remember one thing. Please stop, because trains can't. Let's talk a little bit about the ants, because that's pretty gross too and you had a whole bunch about harvester ants bullet ants velvet ants kind of talk about how that which of the worst ones of those were the bullet ant was nowhere near what, as bad as we thought it would be because a, a little funny story we, we we needed a baseline uh animal to get stung by so we right. got stung by a, a honeybee uh just so we got you know people can compare it to a honeybee so that scored what was it like a five or something yeah, on the pain scale. I, I think it, it, yeah, it was, it was something low. like that. But it was the most painful bee we've ever been stung by, like <laughs> ever. It was it was insane, and that was the first thing. Like before we started getting the bullet ants, and we we're like, shit, if this hurts this bad, what's <laughs> we're everything in trouble? Feel? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it was just this, like what, like this super Bolivian beast of a bee that just really hurt. So we did that and we were like really nervous about the bullet ant, but the bullet ant wasn't as bad as we thought. We, I was expecting like 12 hours of just like ridiculous pain. They even had like buckets next to our beds and stuff in case we wanted to vomit and everything, but it, it wasn't as bad as we thought it would be. I mean, you wouldn't want to get stung again, but <laughs> the worst was it, the harvest ant. It was just enough pain to keep you up from, from falling asleep. It was just enough yeah. to keep you from being able gotcha. to... That no annoying so it's some more dis- discomfort type thing yeah. Yeah. yeah good good amount of discomfort but mm-hmm. i think if uh we did multiple stings and we'll, we'll get into that with the harvester i think if you did multiple stings of a bullet ant i think that would be enough to put you in the hospital just from the pain mm-hmm. uh, yeah. 
if you stuck, you know, and I think if we ever do a season two, we'll probably be vomiting for sure because we'll, we'll, we'll definitely do. Yeah, we'll do the gloves. Mm-hmm. I'd really do like a more natural, may, may Adam, maybe. Yeah, hand down the hole. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, wow. But, yeah. But we did do multiple with the harvester ants, and that was that was crazy. Were they the smaller ones that were just all crawling over yeah. the hand? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the little ones. And when we first put our hands in, they weren't really stinging. And we figured you got to kind of, I'm like sort of pissing them off with the tweezers on Rob's hand. You got to like move your hand around on it. And then when one starts stinging, the pheromones get them all going. So then they all start stinging. But that was that was insane. And we had to do that twice because we did it again when we were in California for uh, Barstools Outdoors. Like, oh, you know, we'll do a segment. And that one was even worse than way, the one we did worse. in Mexico. Yeah. I- I would say after the the snake and the centipede, the the California harvester ants were the most painful. It was yep. eight hours unrelenting. Really yeah, horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. It was really bad. And, and Ben, the guy from Basel Outdoors, he well, formerly, he he had a real bad reaction as well, didn't he? You started getting lymph node pain, and yeah, so did he. he. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was that one sucked. But with the velvet ant. That's not actually an ant. That's a wingless wasp, but it, it looks like an adorable ant. Oh, um, Rob's been stung by one in the US. Oh, no. You got stung I on the was, neck or something, didn't you? I got stung uh, by before. on the neck, and I, that was the fourth one I've been stung by, and is by far the worst. And here's really? another thing. I got stung twice at the same property in South Africa because we filmed in South Africa at a place I used to live for a few months. And I got stung on the neck by probably, I'm guessing the same species. It looks exactly the same. And the second one that Adam and I got stung by was way worse. So there's probably yeah. some variation from animal to animal. Well, didn't he say there's something like 600 species or something of them or something ridiculous? Something crazy. He, yeah. even, even Justin Schmidt couldn't ID it. He said there's one guy at one university that can look at like the spurs on the legs. I know the yeah. difference. Yeah. Yeah. And because I wasn't expecting much from it. Because Rob was like, "Oh, they're, they're not that bad. They they hurt, but they're not that bad." But when this thing stung me, I was like, "Are you serious? Like, <laughs> what the <laughs> hell, man?" Yeah, and it was yeah that that was that was the most surprise because the thing's tiny, like this tiny little thing. And yeah, I was like, uh, "You was it the one where you picked up my machete and threw it? Was it that one?" <laughs> <laughs> I think that was it. Yeah. <laughs> Because I wasn't uh, expect, I thought I thought you were overreacting because I've been stung like three before, and then I got mm. hit, and I was like, I was I was just mad that I I didn't have the adrenaline built up like you normally have because I right. took it for granted, yeah. <laughs> Let's talk uh, about a couple more. The the one that one was really interesting was the rove beetle. Oh yeah, and explain kind of the whole concept of what happened there. <laughs> well, Adam and I, this was not Adam and I's idea. It was a, a, one of the producers. He's like, there's this tiny little beetle that causes blisters. And we were like, that's just boring. And uh, <laughs> what was it? A few weeks later, our skin's melting off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it turned because it was it's so different. It's not a bite or a sting. It's just like a sec- secretion of hemolymph, which is the bug's blood. And we were like, and we had to shave each other's legs as well. So that added to the, uh, you know, the pain of it all. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had to shear a caveman. And we had to do it sober. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, what but that was, that was is, is, surprising. Is when you smash the bug, per se, all of its blood gets all over your skin and that causes the reaction, right? Right, yeah. And, well, we were interviewing uh, locals that 
had uh, like so. It, let's say it's just crawling on you. Your first reaction is to swat it, right? And when you swat it, that's when the blood gets on you, the hemolymph. But they can also secrete it as they walk along as well. So people have like trails of scar down their arm from where it's just been sort of walking on their arm. Oh and then God. there was this woman, that local woman that we're interviewing, she lifts up her skirt and there's like a grapefruit sized bit of flesh missing from like like her thigh. Do you remember mm. that? That yeah. temple? Yeah. That was that was yeah. insane. And, like, and oh, people don't know it's on them, so they rub it, they spread it. Yeah. Or they have what they call kissing lesions where two parts of your body touch and then now both parts have it and you'll, it'll sit in your skin for days. You'll never know. They, they get in their eyes a lot even. People yeah. are temporarily blind from it, yeah. So what happened to you guys with it? Well, Rob got it way worse than me. I, um, like, at first, because so we, you know, crush it up, put it on our legs and then wrap up the bandages. Every day we were unwrapping those bandages, it was just getting worse and worse. Like, start off a little red patch, then the blisters, and then it turned out like just boils and like pustulas all over. Like, mine looked like just teenage acne, but mm. Rob's looked like like the moon or something, just craters and that. It the was, skin and literally as well. came off. Yeah, the skin came yeah. all the way off. Still have a scar. And we almost made like the pot brownie mistake, you know, where you eat some pot brownies and it doesn't kick you in. So you a little right. more. We about, was about day three. We didn't have a reaction. So we almost rubbed a couple more on. Oh my gosh. If we yeah. had done that, I, I, I don't know what would have happened. <laughs> yeah, that was a good call. Like, should we yeah. ch- chuck some more on? Chuck some more. <laughs> we were close to doing it. And think, Very I, think close. I think it's Dr. Abel. I was like, no. Yeah. Yeah. And then eventually just went away or did you have to take some medicine at that point? It just, uh, for me, it just, the, the skin just completely came off, scab came on. And then I had like a little bit of a secondary reaction where that skin died a little bit. And then the next skin that came over was good. And I had a day or two. Did you have this too, Adam, where my leg kind of would, would seize up as well? No, I, I remember that when we were walking across that dry riverbed and stuff, you were like, I can't walk. Like my the, my legs mm. stuffed. Like it, it almost made through to like sort of muscular sort of area, right. didn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But you oh, had a lot like of bad King, luck that's on that. Like like, King Cobra came across right behind us. While we're- yes. Yeah. We were filming and, well, it was like the campfire scene and we just see peep movement in front of us behind the cameras. I'm like, what's going on? There's, oh, yeah, there's a King Cobra swimming across the river towards us. Oh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> they didn't tell us until afterwards. <laughs> yeah. If they told us, we probably would have jumped in with it to try and get it. But that's probably yeah. why they didn't tell us. Oh, yeah. And the, and the exploding rocks. Oh, <laughs> so we're filming this campfire scene and there's a bunch of river rocks next minute the rocks are overheating and exploding and like whizzing past our heads like just from big, the sun just from the campfire heating up from oh, the fire wow. gotcha, gotcha. super heating just like blowing up <laughs> they're like grenades <laughs> flying past I forgot about it let's talk about to me which was the grossest one and it's the second uh, on the overall pain scale, and that's the giant Asian centipede. Oh, just ugh. that was a lovely one. <laughs> uh, how, how Adam feels about spiders, I feel about centipedes. You know, oh, I'm, not ter- I'm not terrified of them, but I have no desire to get bitten by one. But you just can't do the pain index without a big freaking centipede. And, you know, would you call it a bite? It's actually modified legs that they get you with, and they inject yeah. the venom with that. And uh, neither one of us had ever been bitten by a centipede of any type in our lives. We had no idea what to expect. But I I think both of us underestimated the amount of pain. 100%. Uh, I was on camera saying, oh, it'll just be like a wasp sting. Yeah. We had had filming planned for the rest of the day. 
which is very ambitious. You know, setting aside the, the fact that the Python hit my ulnar nerve, this was by far the worst uh, bite for me. I think for Adam as well. In what way, Rob? It was the only pain that you couldn't mentally overcome. Even the even the Python pain, you could sort of mentally be tough. This one consumed like our thoughts, our emotions. Oh uh, I, I FaceTimed my wife and like I was, she said I was just like like a sheet of white, you know. Um, right, the doctor right, right. had to give me an IV. He was very worried about taking us to the hospital. Um, it was the only one where there was no mind over matter. We were like literally living in pain for 12 hours. It didn't like hurt for a while and then get a little less bad. It was just 12 hours of us wondering if we could do the show anymore. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah it's that's the only bad. thing that made us question it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was like, because with, with venoms, it's not like it's the venom specifically causing the pain. It's like what the venom's telling your brain it's experiencing. So it could, it's like triggering it to feel this pain, which could be like as intense as your arm on fire, you know? like mm-hmm. literally like your arm is on fire and, that, and your brain is like thinks it is so then it's feeling that pain but it felt like we'd been hit with a sledgehammer arm set on fire and it wasn't like a up then peak then sort of slowly back down it was just up 12 hours straight just at at peak intensity mm. and like yeah, that was one we'll, we'll sort of like I don't, I don't, we don't really want to film anymore just like mm-hmm. get the cameras away from us like we're done like I don't even really care about. Is that the one where you guys are just crashed out on the floor? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 You, they, you guys had a basically. It's the only time in the show, like you said, where you just kind of like are. They had to cut the cameras off. Yeah. 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 There yeah, was no yeah. TV drama there. That we were literally just over it. it was, yeah. It was, and because uh, I, I went second on that as well, and when Rob got bit, I was like, "Oh, he's in a lot of pain." I'm sort of going does it does it hurt like how much does it hurt he's like no it, it really it bloody really hurts. hurts like yeah so i was like all right shit <laughs> then i got hit and i was like oh wow how long was it what the centipede or the, the center the centipede oh what six seven inches maybe yeah six yeah. Inches? yeah yeah they're big they're not they're half the size of some of the biggest ones i i, I hate to say this because i don't i don't know if i could do it again I'm really interested to see how that one compared to like the snoring giant centipede in the States or some of the other species. I, yeah. I want to say it can't all be that bad, but at the same time, I'm well, yeah, I mean, you look at going the- first on the next one. Oh, <laughs> uh, g- gladly, actually. Gladly. <laughs> yeah. See how you go with Just get it over with. the pain. I mean, yeah, we'll do the giant scolopendra, which is like the so- as thick as a man's forearm and eats bats from the oh, side of a of caves oh so we'll do that one that one that would be a laugh yeah. <laughs> last, i talked last... to a guy recently lost uh function in his arm for three days after a centipede bite oh jeez oh, did not wow. work for three days so far out last few questions for you guys so i mean we've talked about a lot of these creatures is there one that stands out for you as the worst besides the asian centipede which we just talked about uh, well the probably the what the worst for, for me what would have been like visually the spider because that was just bloody traumatic mm-hmm. but the reticulated python was bad for me because uh seeing the pain caveman was in was like super painful for me because I, I, it sucked seeing a mate in that much sort of pain and trauma because it wasn't like he was upset or you know about the pain it was one if his tattoo was uh, right, right, right. Because it's quite symbolic to him, and also that nerve damage. He was just terrified. 
So that that was pretty damn hard for me to see that. Um, but like bite wise, yeah, the spider. I don't want to ever <laughs> see another spider again that size. <laughs> How about you, Kate, man? Well, one we didn't do, they really wanted us to do a stingray, mm. I think in Mexico. And uh, I'd been stung once before on an accident. And I mean, Dr. Abel is very confident that he could fix any problem. But to me, it's it's a stingray, even, even a small one. It's like a serrated knife covered in bacteria and venom. Right. You can't control where it goes. It was it was the only thing that I think we turned down the whole season. Ironically, we, we got back from Mexico. I went down to the beach in San Diego and immediately got stung by a stingray. <laughs> <laughs> we should have just done it. <laughs> he messages me and he's like, you won't believe it. I got stung by a bloody stingray. Like, oh, man, it wasn't even on camera. Well, it was on camera, kind of, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I, I, I was. I, you just hear me cussing and crawling hands and feet through this. I, I, I got washed by a wave into just a... a literal like bed of stingrays they all hang oh my out gosh. in the water yeah and i could just feel them and i was just using my gopro to push them out of the way you know bleeding out of my left foot and uh, yeah I, I i didn't want to do the stingray because from past experiences australian wildlife hosts don't fare yeah, well with stingrays right. so i was like right. okay no, i'll, I'll sit this uh, one out <laughs> uh well chris i i wouldn't put adam on the spot you did some wrestling back in the day right adam Oh, me? Yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that was great. Cause that, that's why I was like, man, Jericho's best for you. That's so cool. Cause I, I was obsessed with wrestling. I used to have hair like down on my belly button because I wanted to look like Kane. Oh. And, like, I'll walk around with it wet and everything. Man, I loved, loved wrestling and, and AEW as well. I'm getting into that. That's awesome. Oh, thanks, man. man. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. Do you guys think that you'll, you'll do another season of Kings of Pain? We want to. We definitely want to. Mm. Yeah, we probably, I mean everything's we been really thrown off to. the past year, anyways, with the with the lockdown and everything. But did they ever talk about doing more History Channel or? Well, we we had we went into like basically pre development, and then yeah. History decided that they were going to go back to more sort of history based shows, mm. sort of like the traditional history based shows. Right. So they right. were like, yeah, well, we probably won't bring Kings of Pain back because it's that reformatting their entire image. So we kind of went, oh, damn, like we were super set for a second season. Um, but we literally just literally sweat and blood into this. Uh, yeah, exactly. Back. We were very into yeah. it. And there's so many unanswered questions like uh, like uh, Justin Schmidt rated the Warrior Wasp at the top of his list, uh, mm. along with a couple other. And then we got stung by it, and it was almost imperceptible how, right. how little the paint. So we don't know what, what went wrong. So we kind of want to go back out. And we were even talking about, Maybe because we removed the wasps from the nest that they just didn't inject. We have no idea. Even Schmidt didn't know. We were talking about just going shirtless and just knocking on the wasp nest and just see what happens. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it seems like Animal Planet or Discovery. I mean, it's wide open for for a lot of different networks. Yeah, yeah, we're we, we, we're really hoping. Yeah, we're really hoping someone would another network or streaming service would pick it up because yeah, I mean, the, it got really done really well in the ratings. You know, done mm. great and. People want it, want to see it. You know, they want to see us get hurt. So yeah. <laughs> it's, like Na- it's like NASCAR. People watch for the car crashes. You get the car crash every episode. Sure, of course. Yeah, yeah, multiple times. <laughs> yeah. Um, last question for you guys. If there was a season two, w- what's the top of the list of what you want to get stung by? Oh, well, well we, well, yeah. Mm. <laughs> well, what we want to get stung by is <laughs> we do want to do the multiple bull dance. We do want to do the warrior wasp. We will have to do a centipede, even though, I'm scared. 
But there's two things. There's a plant and animal, and I'll let Adam take this because it's from his country that I don't even know if we would be able to do, but it's kind of like the ultimate. If you yeah. want to take that out of, of, of course, the most brutal ones are Australian, of course. Yeah, so, of course, I know. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> we were looking at the platypus. Uh, they've really? got the males have yeah the males have a venomous spur on their arms and it, it's a very understudied venom like there's a lot of study that needs to go into it but I mean it, they it can kill a dog and mm. a lot of people that have been stung by them say that the pain lasts for years sometimes wow and you can't take painkillers because uh, of the type of venom I guess you have to take nerve blockers just to stop the pain. But we were tossing up with that because the, the spur is quite big and it can rip you up something wicked. So mm. we didn't want another injury like, like Rob's Amazing, arm. Yeah. yeah. And the other one was the uh, gimpy gimpy plant, which is like What's that? A pretty un- it's like an unassuming looking plant and you rub up on the underside of the leaves and there's hairs on them. And they also call it the suicide plant because they reckon people, it's that painful people and horses have killed themselves. Wow. The horses would jump off a cliff because because it, it's so painful, and they reckon that lasts for years, sometimes as well, like a long time. The pain. So, I, and I, I, I really want to do the the gimpy gimpy plan. I've really wanted to do it. So, oh my god, yeah, I, 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 I don't season. know. You may have just talk me out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, like I said, much respect. This show is absolutely amazing to watch. I watched, I binge watched it all this past weekend. So. Hopefully there will be more. And in the meantime, um, there's eight episodes filled with Rob and Adam getting beat, uh, eaten and chomped and bitten by uh, all sorts of nasty creatures. So, (laughs) guys, thank you so much, man. This has been been great. Thanks for having us, man. Like I said, I've been a big fan for ages. So it's just awesome sitting here chatting to you. Well, next time I come to Perth, we'll have to hang out and uh, have a couple drinks and not get bit by things. Yeah, well, it's, it's Perth. Someone will try by you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thank Thanks, you. mate. Yeah.